how do you say Haley Shaw or Haley Shu? Yes, Shaw. Haley Shaw. Okay. Well, just uh, introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, hi, my name is Haley, and I um, am an online and in-person trainer, and I own the business Amp Up Fitness. It is a website, and then I also do um, in-person training and nutrition and like group fitness classes. Enjoy the sunny side of Chicago <laughs> this time of year. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> uh, so how did you get started in fitness and everything? I was probably about like four four years ago. I was just really lagging self-confidence. And I was looking for just an outlook in life of just how to like decrease stress levels. And I was going through a lot of digestive issues of um, allergies. And so unfortunately about Three years ago, I was diagnosed with a disease called uh, celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease to gluten. And so I cannot have any gluten or anything, and that's in a lot of product. And so it really made me dive into the more nutrition side of things. But then with fitness, it kind of started out um, with myself, you know, finding that it was a great outlook to decrease stress. And I just really enjoyed the competitiveness of like hitting new personal records with like running, weightlifting, um, heart rate maxes. And then it slowly started into a full blown career of like taking clients, doing house calls a lot of in-person training when in the, within the Western suburbs of Chicago. And then I do online training and nutrition and challenges and that's virtually. And I do people all over the United States. Mm -hmm. And what, what made you want to do like, you know, personal training, uh, yeah, in person or online or both? Both. Well, it started with my mom. She's a hairstylist, and I always just loved going to her work and just seeing like people just really leave there happy. And I soon found out that I did not want to be a hairstylist at all, so because I'm really bad at hair, but I'm really good at talking to people, and I love the interpersonal of like learning people and bringing out the best within each other. So when someone comes into me with say they're 200 pounds or maybe they're a mom, 140, 150 pounds, don't really need to lose weight, but they're just, their energy levels are not good. They're just, they're running around like a crazy woman trying to chase around their kids and they don't take time for themselves. And then say they work with me for three months, six months, a year, maybe even a month or just like a few phone call sessions. And they slowly increased, um, time for themselves and uh, embedded new healthy habits is just it just makes me just push even harder and just strive to be my best and so I just love truly just love helping people out no matter what mm -hmm. and is that online training do you feel like it's it's beneficial more than you know I mean in person is also a thing but it what, what are yes. the differences? What, what, are, what are the differences in your mind? You so the biggest difference is my target market when I am working online wise is they are always busy. And so I am always working with people that travel. So corporate wellness, I'm huge in for online wise because I work with a ton of people that travel constantly and always in hotel rooms and they're like, how do I work out? Where do I work out wise? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can give you workouts for you can do just in your apartment or in 
the condo you're staying at or the hotel you're staying at, you know, and or like that 30 minute workout session during lunch. Uh, that's like my target market for online in person wise is more like a broad general audience. And it's just, I, I enjoy the in-person, but I can hit a larger um, amount of people at once doing online. Cause I personally can do it anywhere. And it's not, um, I love in-person training and they're both beneficial in both ways. But for myself wise, I love in, uh, online training because it, it just allows me to broaden my target market and just hit more people and just help more people out. But both are beneficial. In person, I say it's more of accountability and me being there and that the, my client knowing that I'll be there, say, at 6.30 at night or in the morning and they'll have to show up. Mm-hmm. And what? how is that accountability work? Like, is it... It's a, do you feel like it's more difficult online than in person? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, online, you have to be self-motivated. You have to be like, I want this for myself. And it's more like, okay, why do you want it? And how are you going to do it? And what times are you going to work out or say like meal prep or make dinner for your family? You know, cause it's, we're all so busy. And so online it's, it's definitely harder for me to hold people accountable and just make sure they are telling me the truth because I have to, they have to be a hundred percent honest with me because if they lie, I will totally find out because I request progress photos or like stats on them weekly. And so if they're not checking in with me on a week to week basis, they do not get their workouts for that next week. So I'm like, I'm mean in that way. So they have to, so I, I, in a good way though, because I have to, I've learned the hard way that I would give. So I do like six and 12 week online training programs and I would give them all their, a six week program from week one to week six all at once. And then not a lot of my clients would report back to me and be held accountable. And so they would fall off the bandwagon and end up questioning like, well, why didn't I hit my goals? And I say, well, did you, uh, did you um, do what I said or did you check in with me? No, they didn't. And so now I um, send their workouts in a PDF file um, to their email so they can download it and save it on their phone or their tablet or their computer or print it out if they want to. And then they have to check in with me by Saturday so I can send their workouts to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, that's kind of harsh. Like I've never heard that. So it was just like, what? <laughs> like you're not getting anything, you know, it's like, you're not getting anything. No, no. I, I true. I have, I've learned, um, cause I deal with college students as well and they're always busy and they're, they're young and their minds are going crazy, you know? And so I, I just graduated college too. So I, I know. So, um, but, uh, so I will just let them like, they'll just, uh, I'll know if they're busy and they'll just check in with me, say like the next week and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I missed uh, um, checking in with you. And I'm like, don't you worry. I like after like three weeks, you know, you kind of under, or like two weeks, I'd say you understand the person and see um, where they're, where their minds at to be like, and if they're, and if they're doing it because they, they probably are, most of them are doing their workouts and like eating right. It's just that they for, kind of forget that, um, I'm like this little background person bringing them workouts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And do you also help athletes? Is that, is that something that you do or you don't feel comfortable with that? No, I do. I, 
I've targeted more towards younger athletes. And so I work with, um, I probably have had, I'm not too big with athletes. So I probably said I'd have less than like 50, but I train a lot of them in person. Um, younger ones, um, from the youngest I've had was six oldest, uh, 28, 30, 32, I would say. And older wise, they're more doing it for like, it's more intermediate sports, you know, like I'm training for softball or I'm training for my intermediate league of football or intramurals, not intermediate intramural leagues. And so younger wise though, they're serious athletes. Like I have, um, lacrosse players, cross country, a lot of basketball kids. I do a weekly workout with 12 basketball boys and host a group fitness workout for them. And we really work on strengthening and teamwork, core strength, uh, mobility. <laughs> and how do you handle like the time, the time kind of management? Cause you're kind of, when you're online trainees, all you kind of just working with everyone and communicating, how do you handle all that? Yeah. So I, I'm really big with organization. And so I set aside certain days. And so on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I do a lot of my online training work. Um, I've noticed in person, people only want to work out like there's a so just in person training, there's a huge gap, like people love to work out early. So you get the morning crowd at like 5, 6am. And then you work till about 11 or noon for in person training. And then you'll go back and do like a split shift and work from like four to whenever if you want to. So I used to do that a lot. And then, um, I will in the middle of my day do my online training work. So I'll devote like one to one to 6 PM to work on my online training work. And yeah, it really is all me. So I, I don't really outsource that much stuff it does get crazy sometimes. And so I do have a wait list for clients for my online work because I do want serious clients. And, um, so I do go through like a little kind of just like to know who's like serious, who's not. And if I do notice people are wanting like the same things, for instance, like I, uh, middle of May, I launched a six week, um, for like digestive distress because I was just noticing more people were looking into it. And so I um, ended up decreasing the price for them because then I would be working with more clients for myself wise. And so I decreased the price for them, my, the, my future clients and had them do a challenge and we would do like a Facebook group. And then that way, if people had questions, they could just go on the Facebook group and my other clients can answer the question too if I could not get to it. So that helps out a ton as well. Mm-hmm. And is is it do? How do you do? You do your own training? Do you have your own for yourself? Is that something that you always focus on, or is it is it second to everything else? No, yeah, I um, I've learned that if I don't take care of myself, I cannot take care of others, and so I. Um, when I was first diagnosed with celiac disease, I was so like right now I'm like 130 pounds, five, eight. And so I'm, I'm not heavier by all means, but I, so I, when I 
was when I did get diagnosed with celiac disease, I would drop down to 118 pounds and I did not need to lose weight at all. And so I promised myself that I had to take care of myself first in order to take care of others. Because if I cannot, if I don't show up like at a hundred percent, instantly a client will know and they will be like, what is going on? What's wrong? Are you okay? And then even with my online training work, they don't see me. But it's so much um, minor details within like, all right, I got to really think about what equipment that person has, how much um, time do they have for that workout or that whole entire week wise, if they're traveling for work, if they're not. And so I have to be like on point. So I'm a morning worker outer and I do do my own schedule. And so that's um, I do it on like a week to week basis. And I fluctuate, though, because I test out a lot of my workouts Um, like exercises for my clients. And so I don't really go in and um, do an exact workout day in and day out of like what I would give to my clients, for instance, like, all right, Mondays, you're going to go in and you're going to do like three sets of uh, leg presses, followed by like 10 different other exercises. Mine is mostly like, all right, I'm going to start out with the leg press machine, but then I might uh, fluctuate how I do my workout for that day, depending on my um, mood or like what, if I learned a new move or if I want to test out something. So I'm kind of, I, I still, I don't, I'm not prescribed ADD, but you're diagnosed ADD, but I think I have some, but (laughs) so I just wing it, but I definitely do have a program and I do stick with it a lot. Okay. This is another question. Are you like a three, six, five, seven days a week, 24, seven person, or is this or do no. you take time off? Because, okay. Yeah, no. So I'm, I am like, I'm pretty busy to be honest, like a lot of the time. And so I, I, I only work out for like 40, 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes 60 minutes. And that's those 60 minute workouts are like my group fitness class workouts. And so I, I work out about five to six times a week. And I, I, I have to wake up early in the morning, get up at like, 5 15 in the morning to go work out but I did take today off so <laughs> I did not work out today but I've been going crazy <laughs> today today's been a busy day <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, like do, when you per, when you train someone in person uh do you train with them or is it more of a wat- watching situation and learning or? it is totally watching and so it's a lot, you'll get you'll get some trainers that wa- or that will work out with their clients, but I, I just I don't. I used to, and it totally wears you out, you know. And so I'll show them if they don't know how to do certain movements, I'll show them how to do that movement, and then I'll watch them and assess them and really work on um, like their facial expressions. Sometimes they get crazy, you know, and they're so funny, and <laughs> I just laugh, but they're awesome. But then also you can you can tell like if they're not into it, you know, or like, if they're like, Oh my God, like you, you notice them twitching when they get up from a squat and it's because they have low back pain, you know, and you're like, all right, we're not going to do that exercise. We're going to do something else. And so I like really zone in on my clients and like just watch them, but in like a fun way, I'm not like a hawk. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So are you like, uh, (laughs) as far as, so I want to kind of get into nutrition and what, what, what kind of, yeah, What's your philosophy on that? Because I've talked to so many people. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like this one side be vegan, the other side be be this, be that, flexible dieting. And then there's just so many paleo, and it just gets yes. it's just this uh, 
like kebabble of random diets and random things you should do and i'm like oh my gosh it's just it's just so exhausting but what is your philosophy on nutrition it it really is exhausting and i get so many um clients that will come to me and be like well carrots make me fat i cannot get i cannot eat carrots and i'm like all right do you know anyone that has gotten fat off carrots <laughs> They like look at themselves like, well, no, but that's because you can only eat a certain amount of carrots. But my biggest philosophy is moderation is key. I don't care what diet you do. If you're like a flexible dieter, if you want to work on like macronutrient count, if you're portion control, if you're like, I'm going to do like the big thing right now is intermediate fasting or the ketogenic diet. Mm. And I um, have researched those a ton. And so I do have about two, three clients on each of them. I, I try not to... Um, take on clients that I don't know that much about. And so I've been just like really recently learning more about the ketogenic diet and intermediate fasting. And if I have a client that wants to do that, I say, all right, I'm not a hundred percent for it, but I will help you in order for you because you want to try it, you know? And so I'm like, all right. But if they come to me and they're like, I want to do like the grapefruit diet, I'd be like, oh no, 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 we are not doing that. And then explain to them why you're not, you know, and then, um, so I'm really big on moderation is key for myself. I do have to eat gluten-free and I truly tell people, if you do not have a gluten allergy, do not eat gluten-free because you are spending so much money on gluten-free products and you are like, I spend five, $6 a week on one loaf of bread and it's like 18 slices, you know? And so it's insane. Oh my gosh, I, I didn't even know that was a thing because it was, and like, do you know why that gluten started happening? Because like, that was a recent thing. I mean, like when I was a kid, it was, you know, drink your milk, eat cheese. Uh, oh know, yeah. It was just packing, packing. And then you had that, that food pyramid that made no sense. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I thought, I followed that thing to the T. I did. I really did. I was like, okay, I need vegetables. But I need milk, I need this and that. And then later you find out lactose and tolerant and then people are this and that. And then like, you know, yes. it changes the whole game of like different types of milk. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. So then I just stopped drinking milk and then cheese. I was like, oh, so this is the same as this. It's just like learning all these things. So how, how do you kind of approach like gluten and like, because there's so many products like, uh, so many products like if it's if like it's, milk it's in everything yeah. it's ever it's in everything wonderful because i've tried gluten-free stuff and it just doesn't taste the same i guess i don't know what the what the no what, it really does not yeah the, so the the thing so gluten is uh, it really makes everything taste good so you go and you get a pizza and it makes it chewy and you have bread and it makes it chewy and so when they strip the gluten out you are like you're kind of eating like cardboard to be honest. Like it's like there, tr- there really is a big difference because the, the toast and the bread and everything is just, it doesn't taste the same. It's a little bit harder. Um, but they have definitely evolved over the years because there are so many, um, people coming out with just digestive issues and digestive stress. And I've, um, it's super sad, but it's exciting that the world has, evolving to the time now you know and so you would go back like five years four even four years ago and no you would see zero restaurants with gluten-free you know and now you see the gf symbol on like 
a lot of restaurants. And so luckily it's been a lot easier. Um, if I was diagnosed four or five years ago, I would, I would probably cry, you know? So I got diagnosed three years ago. It was like right at the cutoff. And so it's been, it's been a good time to get diagnosed if I had to get diagnosed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cause you know, like I couldn't imagine if you found that out five years ago and then never having pizza or like, well, cause, I know. Because honestly, I've tried gluten-free pizza. It is not the same. It really isn't. It's it just, not. it just, it just takes everything out. I don't know what it does. I'm like, is this stuff just you know? I don't know what they put in here, and it's like, it makes it taste so much better. But you know, it's interesting. Um, that, but yeah, gluten-free. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew what it was, but you know, it's just a com- not a common thing. That people say, "Oh, I, I can't eat gluten." I never knew that. Oh, though. I know. Yeah, and then this all started. I was like, "You can't eat gluten? What does that mean?" Oh, and then you know, but okay. Like, I want to, I want to dive into this a little bit more. But yeah, it's it stinks. It really does. So I like when I go out to dinner, I really have to like check ahead of time or just make sure it's really safe because when I do get. Um, can, I call it glutenized. And so when I do get like contaminated, contaminated with gluten, it, I just instantly will get a headache and then I'll get digestive issues and it's just not worth it, you know, cause it will go on for like 10 days, like at least three to 10 days. And it's horrible because, you know, you're always with clients, you're always in front of people and you don't want to be, um, complaining about a headache or like, like digestive issues, you know, you want to be the best you can be for them. And so that's why I like really need to like one, watch for my, watch out for my nutrition, but also to, um, take out my stress throughout working out because life is crazy, man, you know? Yep. Uh, it's craziest. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. So when, like, I imagine so many situations where you just start eating gluten and you just get, do get sick or is it like, <laughs> like, you know, cause like if I would, I, I don't think I could handle not eating gluten cause I would freak out. I'd be like, what? I can't eat that, that nothing tastes the same. Um, I know, I know. So yeah. So when I, um, it's all majority of it is all digestive issues. And so I get really constipated. <laughs> I get like all, all of, all of the above of digestive issues. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to dive into it, but no, oh. no I'm just kidding. But it's um, it's a just it's a ton of digestive issues for me. A lot of people will have a, um, like a lot of people get skin rashes with them by eating gluten or drinking it. So anything they consume, they'll instantly break out in hives. Uh, I don't get sick from it. Mine's just all internal, um, just all throughout my GI system. Oh, so like. If one day you decided today's gluten gluten day or like make a holiday or something, would that that right? Yeah, that's what I say. But you know, just make that gluten day or something. And would would it destroy? Like, if you did it once, would it be super bad for you? Like, how 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 bad is it? And yeah, so it what, depends what, on. Yeah. Oh, carry on. No, keep on. And does it develop like when you're? Over time, like what, what, when did that, like, does that happen naturally to people? Well, so it can happen in two ways. You can either be, um, so my biggest thing is I was pretty much like born with a gluten allergy, but I just, I didn't discover it until about three years ago. 
when I got diagnosed and that was due to a stressful situation going on. And so unfortunately my father was diagnosed with colon cancer, but he, um, so that was like, when I found out it was like a crazy situation. And then my body was just like slowly rejecting anything gluten wise. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And then, um, I just started doing more research and went into the doctors and they did a blood test for celiac disease. And then that came back positive and then they did an endoscope. And so would they stick a, a tube down your throat to check out your small intestines and that came back positive as well. And so you can either be born with it or it can come on, like you can be born with it and it can come on in a later time in your life due to a stressful situation. And so it's considered you have like a marker for celiac disease, which is it's in your blood. It's just not um, there yet, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or you can, um, you can just like a lot. I don't, I don't know the second reason to be honest, because uh, some people are born with it and then you, but a lot of people are found out um, later in life, like 20 to 30 to 40. And that's due to the fact that so much more research is coming out now than it was five, 10 years ago. You know, I, I didn't even know when I was first diagnosed with celiac disease, I didn't really even know what celiac disease was. I was like, you're telling me I cannot eat all this good stuff. I'm like, no way. And so me being myself, I was just like rebellious against it. And then I was like, holy cow, I, I really am just like continually not feeling good. And I'm, I'm at the point in my life where it's, it's not even worth it. Because when I do consume it, I know I will be out of the count for like three to 10 days. And so, for instance, if I have like a piece of pizza, and the whole crust is gluten, has gluten in it or wheat, I will be out of the count for like 10 days. If I have some like, so I'm pretty sensitive, if I have like some dressing in it, and it's like a tablespoon of it, I'm out for like a day. And that's just dealing with the digestive issues and a constant like tension headache. And so it's pretty crazy, to be honest. Yeah. Is that there's no kind of like anything you can do about it? It's mostly just manage your, I guess, manage your gluten, not have gluten. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is a the only way to cure, um, now, now, not right now that's out. The only way to cure celiac disease is to go a hundred percent gluten-free and you, there's no way you can go a hundred percent gluten-free because I go out to dinner like three to four times a night or a week, not a night, three to four times a week. And you're pretty much guaranteed that you, you might get contaminated with gluten like a little bit, you know? And so you're not a hundred percent like gluten-free, but as long as you're just not consuming it, you know, and like trying to, you'll, you'll, symptoms will definitely decrease. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Cause like, it's uh, hopefully like some type of, you know, gene therapy when that's a thing. I mean, they're testing this stuff, but it's like, it's, it's so fascinating that there's so many of these little things that, you know, can change you know, it's like a switch. That's, it's a switch. It's literally a switch that's on, like off. All right, now you can't process gluten or whatever the uh-huh. reason is. And once we can, you know, uh, flip that switch up and say, oh, you can eat that, you can eat that, you know, or like, you know, just kind of change all that because that would be so interesting. Just, you know, and of course, it would be awesome for you because you'd be like, gluten again. 
<laughs> I would. I would go crazy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we see something in the next few years because that that is a. I think it's a it's a crazy story to me because it's like you know if you don't have that problem, it's like uh, I don't have that issue. But you know that's interesting. But yeah, gluten. No, talk. I know it. It is. It is, and it's just. I love it too because, and that's why I take on, um, that's why like my biggest target market for nutrition wise is uh, like digestive distress or like hormonal imbalance or menopause, especially for women is because I've never dealt with menopause, but I've had to deal with a, a lot of hormonal issues of with, and just figuring out how to balance between the two within myself that I just went into so much research and got certifications and just dived into learning as much as I can so I can help out people all the time with it. And so that's like my biggest target market. And I, I love it. Cause that's you, when you see someone come in and they're like, I am just lacking energy. My, I'm so bloated all the time, or I, I can't fit into my jeans. And you find out it's due to like hormonal imbalances and you can, you can change it easily by just, um, better nutrition. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And you know it's it's so interesting nutrition. Like it's 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 we barely tapped into how our body works and how our you know our neurotransmitters and pretty much we don't really understand everything. We've just learned things. Like it's we're so far behind in terms of nutrition, and there's so many new studies, so many new things coming out all the time. I mean, like it's it's a constant change and. If you learned something five years ago, if you learned everything five years ago, and you learn it now, or you learn something new now, it's it, it's a total game changer. Uh, it is. It's crazy. It's, and it's always, that's why, like, you have to, you just have to stay up on it. You know, not even if you're, like, into the field or, like, that's your job. It's just if you have kids, you know, you don't want to... You don't want to teach them something bad. You want to always be on the best and teach them like moderation is key. So like I have one of my favorite quotes that I've pretty much made up myself. It's called, it's not just the workout, it's the lifestyle because it is, it's like you can work out, say 24 hours, seven days a week, always be in the gym, you know, and, um, but I don't think that's necessary. I think family time is huge and to be the best you can be for yourself and then, portrayed onto others it's awesome it's yeah that's interesting um so what's your what's your philosophy on like recovery and like do, how, how what's your way of looking at recovering because like i think that's an important piece that i think needs to be focused on more especially if you're someone who well, i guess works out a lot or you know does a lot of training and for something definitely oh yeah yeah there's um, I think recovery is huge to be honest. I always say, just listen to your body and you can say you work out really hard for three days and then you're, you, you have a scheduled workout. So say you work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you have a scheduled workout for Thursday, but you get up Thursday and your body is like in shock or you're just super tired and you're like, what is going on? You know, I say, don't even touch that workout. Just listen to your body, you know, go for a walk, loosen up those joints, go hang out with the family, go out, get some drinks. I'm like, Oh my goodness, just go do, go do what your body wants to do. You know? So I'm, I'm very big on recovery, but at the same time, it's like, you gotta 
rest when you need to and then work when you can, you know? And so when it's go time, it's go time. But when you want to rest and when you can rest because your body's just like, I don't, I cannot do this, do it because it, you'll, you'll thank yourself in the long run for taking that time to just chill. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you think about like, um, kind of the, you know, different recovery methods or different, you know, products that use, you know, like, uh, what's that thing? The training masks, which I don't, I don't, I don't think it's <laughs> in my mind. I think it's all lies. I think that doesn't work. And then it's like me, like, oh, okay. Or like chiropractic. I mean, to me, it's, it's not, it's, you know, I have to look at it at all angles. And when I look at the scientific part, it's like, uh-huh. oh, this doesn't work. This isn't, you know, it really what it is to me is like, it's a placebo, like the, this is that. But how do you kind of wrap your head around all that? Because everyone has opinions. I mean, like you, you can say that this is a hundred percent sure that this is right, but there's always that one or two, three, four, five percent chance that it's wrong. Oh, totally. Yeah. 100%. I truly, I like to, I'm like a tester. Okay. So I love like testing new things out. I like, if you, I always say, cause it, it true uh, recovery techniques do take like require money. You know, I mean, you can stretch like by yourself, you know, but if you want to go get a massage or you want to go sit in the sauna, if you want to go to the chiropractor, go get those masks, they require money, you know? And so say if your insurance covers it or you you have like a sugar daddy or something that can pay for it by all means go and do it but there are so many ways you can do it for free and just not have to listen to what's going on but I do believe like I'll hear stuff all the time of like for instance um like chiropractor okay you use that example so I'll use it again I if I hear I'll go to one chiropractor I'll go to him for a little bit and then if I go to another one or if I have a chiropractic friend um I will ask them like similar questions and if they give me back like that same response or a similar one then I'll research it see what the internet says because I know my clients or family will ask me like okay well the internet said this like what's going on and so I'll, I'll just ask multiple people and if they say like similar stuff, I'll believe them and then I'll go on the internet and see what they say. But man, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was, I, you know, looking into chiropractic was my interesting one. Cause you know, I kind of knew, like, I didn't know it was what it was. So it was kind of just like, Oh, chiropractic, you know, I know what that is. I see people do it all the time, but <laughs> like, yeah. But then I was like, I know nothing about the history of chiropractic. I don't even know who invented it. So that's the first thing I went in and did. was like, all right, I'm going to look up the guy who invented it. And I was like, this guy is someone some from the 1800s. Uh, he, what he did was electromagnetic healing, which I was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. And then I was just like, oh, this don't. And I was like, because you know, I have a science background and all this and like, I love science, okay. physics, and stuff, but it's... Yeah, it's interesting. To, to me, I was like, okay, when you say electromagnetic healing, what do you mean by this? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I just looked at the history, analyzed everything, and I was like, well, let me look at trials and, you know, trials. I was, like, looking at a bunch of trials, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And uh-huh. I think I think people like it because it's such a 
it's a cultural thing. That's what I feel that that is. And those training masks as well. I learned that that really quick. I was like, oh, this isn't real. This is no way you can simulate. You're just choking someone. You're just cutting off oxygen. You're not into. You're not climatizing in that thirty minutes. <laughs> like, like, oh, you're putting it on for thirty minutes. Really, you literally have to wear that for every day of your life in order to climatize to that kind of. Uh, oh yeah. So what you're doing is nothing. You're not. There's no benefit to that. But you know, and you arguing with people. Then when someone finds out, like I tell them that, like anytime I see someone with the training mask, I'm like, you should take that thing off. You know, it does nothing. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) I know. And I'm like, you you know, it does nothing. And they're like, what? And I'm just like, yeah, okay. And then I give them the reason why, and they're like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. And then he goes, returns it, and then you know. He says, you lied to me. And then they get their money back. (laughs) They get their money back quick. That's what I found funny because, I mean, not that it's a bad business. I mean, like, they're giving you a product that doesn't do do what it says. And there's no, zero trial data, zero information. There's nothing on their website that says this. And even if they did, I would be like, okay, where'd you get this data? Who did this? You know, what doctor, what, 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 what physician, what, you know, who, who are, you know, University of Oxford. What? Who in Oxford? I don't know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's so true. And don't publish data and just say this is the truth. You know, and you, you know, oh my gosh, they get so many people get caught in beautiful graphs. Beautiful graphs. You see a beautiful graph, it increases your your percentage by thirty three percent, or increases your endurance by thirty three percent. I'm like, really, really, uh, okay. And nobody looks into it, so they end up buying it, and then they. They end up being like, oh, this is this. It feels like it's working, but it's not really working because you're just training harder. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not acclimatizing you. And I have to explain it. Acclimatization, acclimatization. So when you're at this level, you get this much, but you're not yeah. wearing the mask for twenty four seven. So it does nothing. And even if it does something, it's it's literally negligible. It's like not even worth buying the mask. Um, it's just, uh, I think those are more of fabs or, you know, just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is a new thing. Like those wristbands as well. I mean, like, uh, I, was, I think people knew that and they just were like, oh, cool wristbands is going to make me 10% stronger or whatever. And, you know, it's just, yes. kind of, uh-huh. it's kind of a placebo just to get you up, just, you know, motivate you. Like, I, I don't lie. I'm not going to lie. I got one of those wristbands, you know, because they were, they, they were cool. 10 bucks. For like a wristband, it's like because you saw the graphic. <laughs> yes, and they make them so beautiful, and they make it sound great, and they're like, oh, and then of course with nutrition detox or this and that, and you know, oh yeah, keywords. You know, just just use just use whatever sounds great, or like you know, don't have any data to back up your claims, and that's when I get like, oh, especially supplements. Supplements world get really really shady. It's like this pill does this or this. This, you know, those midnight commercials that used to happen all the time, be like, hey, get you, get yourself some thirty day abs or seven day abs. Um, it's just, it's just so many, so much, you know, so much covering the whole thing. Like it's not you're you're getting distracted by what doesn't work and the stuff that does work. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that this worked. I mean, like, I endorse, I would endorse products like Insanity and other products like that for certain people i don't say everyone should do this but mm-hmm. it it is a, a kind of a 
it's a shoe-in. Like, it's not an all-in-one. Like, it's a shoe-in. It can bring more people to do this thing for cardio and that. And it's a little safer than trying to make your own plan. Like, trying to make your own plan when you know nothing is the most difficult thing I've ever found out. Because it's just... Oh, yeah. You searching on the internet, like, oh, I should look this way. And learning forums and YouTube and, you know, just going down this rabbit hole. And then you're like, should I get a coach? Should I get a coach? Nah, it's too much. Or like, like I don't need a coach. Um, I can manage myself. And then I can do it myself. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you DIY? And it's just like it doesn't. It doesn't end up well. You know, I've seen it over and over. You know, making mistakes and 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 I'm like, oh, why don't you ask someone? Or like, you know, there's so many online coaches out there. I mean, like, all you have to do is Google the best coach on the internet, and then you'll get like 20 of them, and then you, you can decide who you personally like better because that's really what it's about. It's like. There's so many, you know, there's so many personal trainers. It's like, hmm, who has the best personality? That's really what, what, what what's the kind of end. But they also have to have good background and this and that. And, you know, uh, references are the best, I think. Because, like, uh, if I said, hey, I think Haley Shaw's the best trainer in the world. All right. And then, okay, everyone just heard that right now. And they're going to be like, oh, yep. my God, I got to check her website or, you know, where is she at? I, uh, her Instagram, her whatever. Just give me everything that you have on her. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, just because I said that, I endorse you. Now Now you're you're, you're kind of elevated or whatever. And then, you know, that sure. happens with anyone. And then, and then I'm like, the next week I'm like, hello, this is my new guest. And now number one, it's like. It's it just it, it's depending on the personality because really what they're anyone's looking for is like oh my gosh she's gonna be a nice trainer is she gonna follow like is she gonna really help me like it's that personal kind of feeling like if you can you know impress someone with your I guess persona um, that's what yep. really gets people going they're like oh my gosh she's the nicest person or oh my gosh she she's so knowledgeable she knows everything. And it's just that, like, you know, kind of connection. If you don't make a connection the first time, uh, it, it usually just breaks off and then they go somewhere else or they decide not to do it. But it's so fascinating, um, kind of how that changed. But I have no idea why I went on this rant, but okay. Is- oh, my goodness. No, I love it because it is all so true. It's, like, it's amazing how many I, people I have met that, like, nowadays – I, like I truly, I feel this way too. Like if I do not promote via social media, I am like I wouldn't. I truly would not have my business right now because I have spent not that much money of what people usually spend for advertising. Advertising to get like your name out there, you know. And so I'm so thankful that um, it is. It really is like all um, like testimonials and references and word of mouth and. It's unreal because you you do have to have that personality. You do, and which sucks for me too. Is like I, people really look at uh, like your body image, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like if I am for say like bigger than I am, you know, and I I'm not, I don't have like muscles the right way, or if I don't have like shoulder definition, I might not attract. Uh, a certain crowd, you know, cause some people will come to you and be like, I want to have your body or whatever. And you don't, you don't want to tell that to them. Like you don't like I, for one, am like, no, no, you don't want to, you don't want to have my body or you don't want to have that person you saw on Instagram's body. You want to just have be your own. better, like 
yeah, have your own and like you want to look that way. Yes. But at the same time, you want to be the best you can be for yourself. You know, it's like you want to, you don't know what your body would look like. You can have that image, but don't strive for yourself to look exactly like that person. Cause why would you want to, you know? Uh huh. And then like, I'm like, uh, it, it's really depending on how your body looks it's on genetics. It's like, ge- oh, it's ge- so true. Genetically, like this is like where it matters, like how you physically look is going to be different. You know, like take every guy that wants abs. It's always that V shape or like, you know, that kind of yep. like they want that. You don't have a V shape. Genetically, you're not you're not there. You're not going to have that. Uh, so you're going to have this other shape that doesn't look like the way you do. And then they're like, why? Why? And I'm like, it's genetics. It really plays a role. It doesn't play the biggest role in terms of like how, how much stronger you can get. I mean, we're 99.9999% the same. So it's, it's, it's really just about changing things, fixing things, you know, it might not look right on you and, you know, working out everything. Don't just work out those arms or, you know, just, it looks, you know, and then you'll, you'll be disproportionate or like, you know, (laughs) it just doesn't look right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got, and then people make fun of you for that. And then I'm like, well, you should have been doing this, but you know, it's always interesting to watch people, how they change um, physically and transition to this and that. And then in between stages, I think is the most interesting because it's like, you're in the kind of change phase. You haven't completely changed or transformed yourself, but I can see it. I can see changes, you know, small changes, and every time it, you change a little more and change a little more. Sometimes it's not noticeable, especially if someone you meet or talk to or see all the time. Um, yeah. You like I wouldn't notice. Like I'll be like, oh, I saw you. I saw you six months, uh, like six months every day, and I don't see anything different with you. But then I look at a uh-huh. photo from six months ago and totally different person. Oh, it is so true. It's amazing how many, um, that's why I tell you to take progress photos too, is because like if you don't take a progress photo, if you don't look back at your own pictures, you, you will be yourself. Cause you see yourself in the mirror every single day, you know? And so you're the biggest critic to yourself and you're like i just feel fat or i i don't notice this or that or whatever but then you look back on pictures and you're like holy cow my face is thinned out or like look at that shoulder definition or like my guy clients are always like yo do you see my shoulder definitions you see my back did you see my abs and (laughs) i love it and so um it's good it's fun and you just like it's amazing how you just don't notice it when you're hanging around someone every day, you know, but then when you don't see someone for like three months or, and you're like, what, what, what have you been doing, man? Like, good for you. And it's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And then you're like, I gotta, you know, Oh my God. He, and then, you know, people get like, you know, like, like me, I'm like, you know, I see all those online pictures. I'm like, come on, this is not real. That's not real. And it's just pointing out to people that that's not, that's not real. I could Photoshop that in 10 minutes and I could make you look so like true. I could like, like say if Haley wanted me to Photoshop a picture on her website, I'd be like, sure. I would make you look like you just had like, like you were jacked and just, it would be, it'd be insane. And you'd be like, Oh my God, that looks scary. And it's about making it realistic. I mean, like I've seen that some of them are like, huh, that's, it's so outlandish. People can notice if it's a fake picture, but it's like, subtleties on the 
body and you're like that doesn't look right this doesn't look right and you can buy into all that like it happens all the time i remember i saw a photoshopped image i was like oh my gosh is this real and i couldn't tell and it was fake and then i was like that it wasn't real oh my gosh and i bought into it i thought it was real and then i ended up finding out that that's not a real body type that's not how someone can look um I mean, like, there's limitations in that, but there you can change your body in so many ways. And it depends on what you want to do. I mean, certain sports, like if you look at sports, all different types of sports, um, you look at soccer players, little little different body types from uh, yeah. professional yeah. fighters. from Football players. Uh-huh. Football players have different, you know, they're much bigger, much larger. NBA players, much taller, much skinnier, uh, longer reach. Uh-huh. Uh, you have fighters who come in all sizes, which I think is awesome because anyone can fight, and you know, not anyone oh, can yeah. go to the NBA. But you can, uh, you can, you can. I mean, like you could, you have to be a certain height. I mean, like five ten. That's probably as low as you can go in the NBA. And if you have to, uh-huh. you know, be. And I think the shortest player is actually six foot or five eleven or something. So it's like. And you're, you have towering people, you know, six, seven, six, eight. So that that's really up to genetics. Until one day we can, you know, kind of change, you know, our <laughs> genetics, and that would be so much fun. Because, you know, I just want to be about two, three inches taller. Maybe that, that that would be great. You know, it's just it's just stuff like that that you're kind of given, and then working with that. You know, you can mold the clay. Right. You can yeah. mold. You're a piece of clay. You can mold it as as you wish. Just you know. Once you run out of clay, someone might have more clay than you. It's like, you know, uh-huh. he has more to work with. He has more to kind of do. But, you know, there's so many different types of body types. And it's all about what what are you going for? What 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 kind of aspect? Is it a functional? Like those are what I think sports are for, functional body types for that specific sport. So you want to be able to kick as hard as you can or you want to be able to punch as hard as you can or you want to have speed, timing, precision. Um, it's all about what, what you're going to do with it. I mean, like, it's always great to have, like, something to go towards. Um, but training to train, there's very – I feel like lots of people like – like, you can love to train to train. That There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and just doing that, you know, you can change your body in so many ways. Oh, it is, it's so true. It's so insane how you can go from one goal to the next, you know, you can be training for like a half marathon per se, or then you can instantly in like two weeks be like, you know what, I'm going to decide to get um, a little bit stronger and just focus on that goal. And six weeks from now, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much definition, you know, and then you just feel good. And so right there is like, I think that's success too, you know, just hit whatever goal you want, whether it's a sport or just training. It's awesome. Okay, well, Haley, it was wonderful talking to you. It was great talking to you. Thank you for having me on.